This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. And Michael's laughing already. <laughs> Sorry, there's so many jokes I was going to make, like, Tim Pastor here, Michael, I. <laughs> <laughs> you know, your brain gets all like yes, yeah, fuzzy. And exactly. I'm like, what order am I even what, speaking? What was I going to say? So, Michael, here's our question for today. Why would a third of the angels follow Satan? You know what? I don't know. That is just perplexing. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm okay, so I'm, I'm looking at this as a human empathetically. Right. I don't know. I'm looking at this like uh, from a logical perspective, you know, because like, okay, think about this from a human perspective. People rebel against God because they've never seen him. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't have faith. I mean, mm-hmm. all that, whatever. Yeah. You know, I get that. I get sin. I whatever. And They're following do dumb God things that they can't and, see. But Satan yeah. and the angels literally know his power. I mean, like in a way that we could never surmise in terms of firsthand sure. experience. Like there's nothing logical at all about rebelling against the God who made you. Because yeah. especially if you know the punishment, right? Like this is yeah. completely stupid. So like, I mean, I read this and I'm like, I, I don't even have a good theological category for why. Now, I'm, I'm just going to like poke. Okay? <laughs> Not at you, but at like, I'm going to poke. Right? Yes, yes. Go ahead. There's go this great it. passing comment. Um, I believe it's in Timothy where... Paul basically talks about the elect angels. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And so um, we talk about in in Scripture, there's this language of believers are predestined or elect to salvation. Like, why you and not them? You know, and and the Bible's answer, whether you like it or not, is is election. Yeah. And so when we look at the angels, though— we we often filter them through this category of a, a concept that we make up called free will, which the Bible never, ever, 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 ever once speaks of free will. In fact, twice it talks about how we don't have free will in John yeah. 1 and Romans 9, right? So this idea of free will is like an illusion that we import onto the text. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, though, because you're looking at this on a surface level on the outside. Like, why did they make the decisions they made? And then— Paul seems to come in and say, I think it's Paul. I think it's Timothy. It's 1 Timothy 5.21. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and of the elect angels, and here's the thing that he's saying, I charge you to keep these rules without prejudging. Do nothing with partiality. He is putting a big charge on Timothy and what his ministry is all about. Yep. Like there are angels watching you. Yes. But they're not just angels. They're, they're the, elect- chosen yeah, the chosen angels. The election. You know, like that's where this language is so hilarious to me because it would appear that there are angels that are not elect. Not chosen. And this isn't a new category. Like like obviously if, you, if you're just a Western American and you're reading the Bible and you're new to it or maybe you've never dealt with the multiplicity of texts that deal with election and predestination and human depravity and all that kind of stuff, it feels weird. But to the, we'll say, to the avid reader of Scripture, you know that election and predestination shows up constantly. All the time. This is not a new concept. And so when, when Paul brings it up with Timothy, he's like, well, of course angels would be elect because anybody who comes to God is elect. It's interesting, though, because uh, angels don't come to God, but there seems to be a sense in which Angel, there were some angels created with the understanding and expectation they would be given over to sin. Yeah. And God is righteous and just to do that, should he so please to do that. But isn't it crazy that all the angels, however many they were in the creation scheme, a third of them, having seen God and mm-hmm. do his work through creation and in creation, 
that a third of them would fall into the same lie that Satan fell into. Yeah. You know what it tells me is that, again, I'm not asking our listeners to like come to grips with what I'm about to say right now. This requires a cultural dismantling of years and years for people to come to grips with what I'm about to say. There seems to be this overwhelming principle that sentient beings, like conscious moral beings, like angels have moral agency, it appears, and so do humans. And that's about it. Mm -hmm. The only way that they can follow God the only way is if God does not just call them, but preserves them. Yeah, he's the one that's doing the work in through them and yep. continues. So the default, if you will, of all of humanity seems to be rebellion. I mean, yeah. even Adam and Eve, like they're, right. they're not perfected in the garden, but they're pure, right? Mm-hmm. Even their impulse was towards rebellion, you know? And everything is, is drawn towards rebellion unless God preserves them. Mm, And so for humans, God doesn't just have to preserve them. Before he preserves them, he actually has to save them first. But once they're saved, this is why instead of saying uh, eternal security, I like saying the preservation of the saints, you know? Yeah, it's a little different way of saying it. Yeah. A good Calvinist will say perseverance of the saints. And then a (laughs) really good Calvinist will say, no, preservation. Preservation. Because the the saints don't just persevere to the end. They are preserved to the end Mm -hmm. like jelly. And... um, it was a joke. It's uh, preserved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was funny in my head, yeah. like so many things are. Um, <laughs> it didn't quite land that right. way, but I got I where know, you're going. I know. It's a bad joke, Tam. <laughs> Gosh. But uh, one-third of the angels. On a surface level, it makes no sense. But if the overarching biblical principle is that moral agents are prone to rebellion without Absolutely. God's protection yep. and intervention— then this kind of begins to make sense. Yeah, I totally agree with that statement. Then you could, okay, I'm not going to answer it. I'm just going to pose the question. I already know some of you thoughtful people are having, which is, okay, well, doesn't that make God ultimately culpable? We're not going to answer that. No, 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 no. We're not going to go there. So ask your pastor. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thanks for joining us today, listeners. We are going to be dealing with questions about church membership when you come back. And our first question will be, Is it important to be a church member?